1: A good week. You can ask me whatever you want here on this open forum as uh, we are into August, which uh, means we are that much closer to NFL football, college football, and we get it rolling. The uh, trade deadline is in the rearview mirror for Major League Baseball. I did my rant today on a story in Bleacher Report a couple of days ago. Uh, we talked a little bit about this on Monday's show on Listen App, but I... I don't know how anybody can have Domantas Sabonis as the most overrated player in the NBA, but that was the viewpoint of Grant Hughes from the Bleacher Report. I mean, you, got, you can't be serious. I mean, really? Domantas Sabonis, the most overrated player in the NBA, and you're basing that on the fact that he did not play well in the playoff series against Golden State? It's unbelievable to me. I mean, it really is unbelievable. I I, I was shocked. I was like, "You got to be kidding me! Come on, you got to be kidding me!" Unfreaking believable. All right, what do you want to talk about? Hit me up. You can go in any direction you want. We've got, again, mostly football on the table. You know, with this story on Bleacher Report about Sabonis, I've been getting messaged on that. Uh, A lot of people have been commenting about my uh, podcast that was released yesterday about all lives matter. If you want to get in on that, we can do so. You want to talk about my lawsuit, where things stand, that is open territory as well. Tomorrow, seven o'clock Pacific Ryan and Sacktown will be with me and we will be doing a show over on YouTube. If you don't like that. So that's all coming up. I've got uh, Mojo who, uh, is uh, really into sports cards and things of that nature. He travels the country. He's a fascinating individual. He'll be on with me next Thursday at 5 o'clock Pacific, and then uh, Ian Eagle will be joining me in the next two weeks as well. All right, let's get the show rolling right here, and we say hello to Connor. Connor, how are you today, buddy? Good to have you on the show.
2: Doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm good. So I wanted to get into more of the football rankings. But before I do that, I just had a little thing to say about the Yankees. The trade deadline obviously passed. And it just kind of sums up the Yankees the last decade or so in a nutshell with they made two pretty minor trades for two relievers. And the funny thing to me is that they basically needed everything, every position, any kind of help they could get except for relievers. And they go out and trade for two relievers. It's just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, now you got uh, Hermann is going into alcohol rehab to make matters worse. So, I mean, I, I've been saying this for the last couple of years. I, I don't know what else I can say. Brian Cashman needs to go. Brian Cashman has no idea what he's doing. None. Period. I mean, how he still has his job is beyond beyond comprehension to me. I mean, it really is. The Yankees are an absolute mess an absolute mess and do you know that they may they may end up being under 500 for the first time since 1992 digest that for a couple of moments
2: yeah it's just awful and in mean, the fans they've been stressing it today i saw videos of the whole fan base at the game basically chanting fire cash man it's Not the first time it's happened, but nobody in the higher up seems to care.
1: I wouldn't even go to the games. You know, if I lived in New York, I wouldn't even spend a dime to go watch that team. You know, if somebody gave me a free ticket and, you know, I wanted to just go hang out for a couple of hours, maybe. I don't even know if I would. I wouldn't even go to a game. I mean, I really wouldn't. I wouldn't spend a dime to go watch the Yankees play. I would not spend a dime to go watch the Yankees play. I I just wouldn't. It's just a waste of money.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. And you talked about the your rant with Sabonis being the most overrated player, but I don't know if that's even as bad as some of these football rankings. Have, listen to this. Kirk Cousins ranks number 42, the sixth best quarterback in the NFL, according to the players. I,
1: I don't really – I don't even know what to say on these football rankings. You gave me some – I believe it was last week about some of the quarterbacks and where they were – you know, ranked and certain players uh, ahead of certain others. And I was just like, that, that can't be like, that had to be a mistake, you know? And I was just like, I mean, look at where Aaron Rodgers is ranked on there. Right. I mean, it just, none of this makes sense to me. None of it makes sense to me.
2: Yeah. Cousins is ranked higher than Aaron Rodgers and Trevor Lawrence by well a pretty big margin.
1: I, again, it's, you know, I, I, I don't even know what to say on that. I don't even know what to say on that. Kirk Cousins has one playoff win in his career. Okay. And that was at New Orleans. Okay. The guy is good during the regular season. Very good. But in big games, the guy melts. So, I I don't know what else. I'll I'll give you a perfect example of Kirk Cousins, okay? The final play of the season offensively for the Minnesota Vikings was a third and eight, okay? Or a fourth and eight, I should say. Take that back. Fourth and eight. They needed a first down. He throws underneath to a completely covered tight end for a two-yard gain. Okay, In that situation, even if Jefferson is double teamed and your other wideouts are not open, you do not throw the ball underneath to a tight end who doesn't have leverage, who is two yards from the line of scrimmage on a play that you need to make eight yards to continue your season. That's typical Kirk Cousins right there. Yeah,
2: I completely agree and I think another aspect of this that may be even worse is Christian McCaffrey ranked number thirty-five, the sixth best running back. So I'm sure Niners fans aren't going to be happy about that.
1: Well, I don't know what else you have to do if you're Christian McCaffrey. I mean, the guy's dynamic, running the football, catching the football. Um, I, you know, look at look at the impact he had on San Francisco when he got there. You know, the biggest issue for McCaffrey over the last few years has been his health but he was able to stay on the field, you know, with San Francisco. So have they done the top 10 yet?
2: No, it's at number 20 right now as far as they've revealed.
1: Okay. At number 20, huh? Okay.
2: Yeah. So and Saquon Barkley's finally got a giant on the list. He's 31st. So he's four spots above McCaffrey.
1: Okay. Well, if I were, you know, picking a team, I would pick McCaffrey over Saquon Barkley, but that's just me, you know? I, and again, I'm well aware of the season that Barkley had a year ago. I get that. But, you know, if I'm looking at the complete body of work, I just don't understand the quarterback rankings. Like, I, I just, I really don't. You know, I, I just do not understand that at all. I, I, I don't know if you saw the video uh, from the Cowboys practice You know, Dak Prescott has been talking about how he's only going to have a couple of interceptions this year. And then from Cowboys camp is a typical Dak Prescott throw down the near sideline to a receiver who's not open. And the safety comes over for an absolute easy interception. And I'm thinking to
2: myself, that's Dak Prescott. Gonna,
1: the same thing's going to happen during the regular season. You just watch.
2: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And another Giant that finally got some respect was Dexter Lawrence. He's number 28. But without seeing Andrew Thomas so far, are we as Giants fans overrating him, or is he really not going to be on the list at all?
1: Um, no, I, I think he's going to be on the list. I think he's regarded now as one of the top tackles in the National Football League. So I, I think he will be on the list. but. To me, Dexter Lawrence is a top-20 player right now in the NFL based on what he did last season. He dominated play. And I'm fascinated by Brian Baldinger and the way he breaks down the film. And he featured Dexter Lawrence almost every week on Baldy's Breakdowns. And when you watch how Baldy breaks down the tape of games, what Dexter Lawrence did last year was – out of this world, you know, not only was he tremendous against the run, he, he became a really dominant pass rusher last year. And again, all you got to do is watch the tape every single game to see how dominant he was. I, based on last year, based on last year, to me, he's a top 20 player in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I agree. And another thing that just came to mind with the quarterbacks that are in the top 20 that haven't been named off are Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, and Josh Allen. And just kind of thinking about it, did Josh Allen have a top 20 year last year?
1: No, no, he did not. He did not have a top 20 year. It wasn't even close uh, to a top 20 year. The other that you mentioned, yes, Mahomes clearly is going to be number one on that list. I, I don't, I don't see how you couldn't have a number one. Josh Allen was not good last year. And the mistakes that he made last year were like head scratchers. And they came at end of games. And so, no, he did not have a good year. Plain and simple, he did not have a typical Josh Allen year.
2: Yeah, and I think there's only one running back left that hasn't been named, and that's Josh Jacobs. So, yeah, McCaffrey, Saquon, Chubb, Henry, and Eckler. I guess Jacobs is going to be the number one guy this year.
1: Oh, okay. Well, based on what he did last year, it's too bad. He's probably not going to be on the field for a while. I mean, Connor, you ask, you answer this for me. I'm looking at the Raiders right now and I'm looking at the division they play in. Okay. How on earth are they even going to win eight games this year? Like, I, I don't see it. You know, I, I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL and I'm a Jimmy Garoppolo fan, but I just, I I don't see it. How are they going to be any good this year? I mean, again, just look at their division, look at their offensive line, look at their defense. Look, I, I don't see how they're going to win. They might win five games this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. I think everyone's expecting the Chargers to have a much better season. And then yep. the Broncos, everybody's hyping up the Broncos. Like, they're going to be some all-star team this year. So it doesn't bode well for the Raiders.
1: No. And then you're going to have Mark Davis complaining that there aren't Raider fans at the games. There are. It's filled with visiting fans. Well, you know, that's what happens when you don't put a good product on the field. And you're in a city like Vegas in a brand-new stadium, And what happens? You have fans from other teams that plan a weekend in Vegas to go watch their team and they buy their tickets on the secondary market and they go to the games. You know, that that's everyone knew that was going to happen before a team moved to Vegas. We all knew that was going to be the situation. You know, if unless unless you put a really good product on the field.
2: Yeah, and one more question. You mentioned Dak Prescott and his interceptions. There's also been videos of him getting in the fights with Trayvon Diggs and stuff. And uh-huh. I saw Max Crosby got into it with Garoppolo. Do you not read much yep. of fights in training camp? Or do you think that that could be a problem?
1: I'd never read into fights in training camp because they've been going on since the start of the NFL. And I've been at many training camps over the years. I've been to the training camp of the Colts. The Cardinals, uh, the Giants, the Jets, the 49ers, the Raiders. I've been to a lot of training camps, and I see scuffles all the time. It is a bit unusual to see players get into it with the quarterbacks, though. It's normally positional players other than quarterbacks, but they, they go on all the time. They go on all the time.
2: Yeah, that's all I got today. Just getting closer and closer. Is it tomorrow, the Hall of Fame game, or a few days out?
1: Uh, I believe it is. I believe it is. Yep.
2: Exciting time.
1: Thank you, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here. And we are going to bring in Al. Al, welcome to the program. How are you? Babe, hey, can you hear
3: me, buddy? Yep, very loud and clear. Sorry, I yelled at you. I apologize for that, man. That's my, okay, dude, buddy. I've been married for thirty-nine years, so yelling is. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on so many of your points, man. I mean, Dak Prescott, those two interceptions last year. The, the one interception he threw in that playoff game against the Niners, he prior to the interception, he made a great play. Like I want to say, going off my fading memory, but he kind of had a scramble down the field and, and then he goes and throws it right to the guy, right in his hands. So he, he's, you know, he's not going to a, a good court. Now being a good quarterback in the NFL
1: is not necessarily about the plays you make. It's more about the plays you don't make. And there are Dang. too often he doesn't make the plays that are there.
3: That's a great point. What a great point. And, you know, I didn't get to join in on the uh, open forum on YouTube, but I listened to it. And, you know, I was just thinking you talk about Mike Tomlin and you were talking about this. Think of this, Nate. This is why the Steelers have the most Super Bowl championships, six Super Bowls, because they've had three coaches in like 60 years. How is that? Is that phenomenal or what?
1: It's unbelievable. It's unheard of. And the Rooney family has always done it the right way. Pittsburgh's one of the great organizations, not only in football, but in professional sports. The Steelers are one of the great organizations in sport.
3: Amen. Amen to that. You know, I'm a dire brands fan, but amen. They just do it the right way. There's certain franchises like the San Antonio Spurs, the New York the Giants, you know, with the Maras. Yeah. There's certain franchises for me, the St. Louis Cardinals of baseball, just, that just do it right. You know, there's franch- There, there's organizations and there's teams to me, you know, and organizations yep. do it right. And maybe they get down for a year or two, but they're not gonna be down for long. So, and I just wanted to, I'd say I am, I was thrilled to see Marcos Breton's uh, article on you. I was so, I mean, I love, I'm going to get more national exposure to your, to your situation. I, you know, I actually emailed Phil Mushnick. Of course, he's not going to reply to some, he gets thousands of emails, but I said, hey, because he, he talked about you twice and he, he spoke to your, just doing and say, Hey, you know, I'm sure he's aware of your case moving on, but he you know, emailed him and said, Hey, you know, can you cut, put something out there? Cause the New York post by, and that's national exposure right there. Not, not so much to be. But Phil, but, Phil,
1: Phil has written about me five or six times Yeah, over the last three years. And he'll mention uh-huh. me again in one of his columns because, you know, he knows what happened to me is so ridiculous. And uh, he, he mentions me from time to time. So I appreciate I you doing that, but Phil, Phil's on top of everything.
3: I hope so. Cause you know, I was thrilled for, you know, I like Marcos for time. you know, years ago I used to subscribe to the B, but then I, I stopped the subscription. In fact, I got off all kinds of new, the only live feedback I get in my life these days is you in your, in your li- listen app or the, or the YouTube. And, and you know, Marcos Bertone, I emailed him. I didn't like one of several of his columns. I said I didn't like one of his columns. He emailed me back. I mean, we kind of have a good discussion. It was, a, and he really responded to me. He was very open, very responsive, and you know, I really appreciated that. You know, I got to, you know, he had, a, he takes a a big look at the at everything, and he just doesn't just take one side. He kind of tries to be open, and you know, and, and I was so happy to see. You get night, that's regional exposure, of course, but you know, let's, I'm hoping Phil gets up there and put something out there. I'd love to see, you. I know this may not be, but Bill Marsh a reference you twice. I think your case is, 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 is historical in some ways, because I'm sick. A lot of people are sick of woke and canceled culture. Man. I mean, a lot of people are tired of it. It's a, and I hope, I wish you somehow you could get on like Bill Mar. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. You think that'd be possible? Well, you or? know, I
1: I, 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 listen, I, I don't know what's possible and what's not possible. I'm grateful for the coverage that I get. And I'm not surprised that all that Marcos Breton responded to you in the way that he did. I mean, that yeah. doesn't surprise me at all. That's who he is. But, you know, as far as national exposure, I get what I get and I'm grateful for the coverage and we just
3: continue to move on. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say as far, you know, I, you know, as much as I hate the Niners, you know, this year, my fantasy draft and I won my league last year, I got lucky. I had Josh Allen and, you know, he wasn't, he didn't have a great, you know, statistical year, but when the fantasy league, my fantasy league playoffs came up, he really, Came through later in the season because that that's what it's all about. You know, he struggled a bit. He was really, I even picked up Kirk Cousins as my second quarterback and started. And even Daniel Jones has started him a few weeks over Josh, but he carried me to my championship last year, my fantasy league. But I, I'm going to, I'm picking Christian McCaffrey overall number yeah. one. I mean, you're, and I hate the Niners, but you know what? He, he was the MVP. If he hadn't like been kind of a mid season acquisition, I thought, he carried that team. I mean, he I mean, they have a great defense and great, you know, skill set, great coaches, but he was he well, you just said this earlier. He was phenomenal to me. He was like he had MVP. You know, he single handedly beat the Rams in the first time they the second game they played the Niners. I mean, he just the Rams, I think, tried to get him, but they lost out to the Niners. And the Niners got him for a, a cup of coffee to Stapler, a second, third, fourth. And like you point out. Only negative on him is his is his injuries, but man, when that guy's healthy, he he can do it all. And I just have one question and I'll let you go. Yep. Thank you for taking my call. Uh Connor's speaking to these rankings. Uh what are these? Where are these rankings? Are these the players poll? Is this the players poll? being polled? I think he the-
1: was quote. I think he was quoting the rankings uh from uh the players on ESPN, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that's what he was referring to, correct?
3: I think the player, this is my honest own opinion, and I don't want to upset anybody, but I think it could get kind of racial there on a ranking. They asked Devontae Adams a couple of months ago, who, do you, who are your top five wide receivers? He left Cooper Cup, who I know I'm a Rams fan, but Cooper Cup is a year removed from the Triple Crown receiving. He named Calvin Ridley. Over, I mean, it's just well, it's just social I, media. Know, I, I don't, there's no
1: way you can talk about the top five receivers in the NFL and not have Cooper Cup on there. You just can't do it. I'm not going to say it's you know racist or you know had anything to do with race, but I mean, you just you can't do it. You know, what Cooper, as you just said, you just you hit it right on the head. You know, unfortunately, he's hurt right now and he's going to be out a couple of weeks with a hamstring,
3: but I mean,
4: yeah, yeah.
3: Oh my God! I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh my God! Please, don't be serious. But, uh, but uh, I'm just so thrilled about Marcos because I had been I've had conversations with him in the past, but and I was just happy to see the article and I listened to your podcast and man, I'm just hoping for more exposure, buddy. Good luck, man. Take care. Love you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. You're the
1: best. Take care. Bye, bye. All right, let's get to uh, some other calls and uh, we say hello to Zach on this Open Forum Wednesday. Hey, Zach. Hey, can you hear me?
5: Okay, I'm at a park. Yep, I hear you, buddy. All right, cool. Hey, I wanted to talk about the whole uh, top five, or rated specifically Sabonis. Like, I mean, yeah, I agree. It doesn't make any sense with you know everything that Sabonis did for Sacramento this year, leading them to the third seed, 48 wins. I mean, yeah, he struggled, you know, in the playoffs against the Warriors. But I mean, that happens. You know, with matchups, that happens. You know.
1: Yeah, the NBA is all about matchups, and he didn't play well against the Warriors during the regular season, but he had a phenomenal season. He's a three time All Star, and he has him as the most overrated player in the NBA. It's stupid. You know, I mean, it's just asinine. I don't, I don't know what else to say. It's ridiculous.
5: I mean, he has to be probably the most important reason why their offense was so good and why Fox became the player that he is. I don't think there's any
1: question about it. I said that in my rant today. I, I just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how – more. I don't know if this guy even watches, you know, the Kings play. I really don't or spend any time looking at the Kings. I just – it makes zero sense to me, zero sense.
5: When it comes to articles like this, like do some writers just kind of do this because they're bored and they just want to, like, trigger some – I have no
1: idea. I'm not going to speak for why they do it. I, I, You know, I don't know Grant Hughes. I wouldn't know him if he came and sat down next to me. I don't know who he is. Uh, so I'm not going to speak about why he does it or why he doesn't do it. I don't I don't have the uh, information on that. All I know is I just, you know, it's baffling to me. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's absolutely baffling to me how an individual could have Domantas Sabonis as the most overrated player in the NBA. Like, it's baffling to me. I, I just, I, I think it's really bad for the guy's credibility. I just don't, I don't understand it. I just, I, I, again, I don't know what else to say. I was baffled by it.
5: And then, like, the other guys on this list, like Jonas Valchunas, I don't know why he's even on there. Kawhi Leonard is only on there probably because of his injuries. If Take that out. He's a superstar, top five player in the league. Dylan Brooks, whatever. And DeMar DeRozan, what? Just the whole list doesn't make any sense. It just sounds like he was bored and just wanted to throw some random players on there.
1: I didn't even look at the list. All I did was look at Demonte Savonis as number one. I didn't even look at the list because – I don't really pay attention to that crap, but when I saw it with Sabonis, I was like, "Okay, I need to talk about this because this is just absurd." I mean, it really is; it's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm glad uh, that I have something to talk about as it relates to the Kings, because you know, right now it's 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 vacation time in the NBA. All the executives, coaches, this is when they take their their vacation time because nothing's going on. And so I, I was grateful for some NBA news, but I didn't think it would be like this.
5: Exactly. I mean, they had, you know, the at five, Leonard at four. Uh Yeah, but... Anyways, yeah, the whole thing's ridiculous.
1: Again, everyone can write what they want. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion, but I just think that for for his credibility, it's really bad to put a guy like DeMontis Sabonis as the most overrated player in the NBA. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me.
5: Definitely. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Zach. Bye-bye. You know and again it's his
1: opinion but i just you're basing the entire you're you're basing everything against one playoff series think about that you're basing everything on one playoff series really oh okay i see all right hey if you want to get in on the conversation today just raise your hand and we will do it you know, I talked to uh, Al a moment ago about the injury to Cup, the hamstring. And we had Joe Burrow out with a calf already and other players have been lost for the year. And, you know, you just got to hope that you were able to get through the NFL training camp period without some injuries. You know, the Bengals also lost their backup running back in practice yesterday to an injury. Waiting to, or maybe that was earlier today, but I'm waiting to hear a report on him. Just, you know, it's part of the the process that you have to go through. And it is what it is. You know, Nathaniel Hackett, by the way, came out and ripped to shreds the comments of Sean Payton, as did Aaron Rodgers. I, I just don't understand Sean Payton's line of thinking there, regardless of what's true and what's not true. I mean, there's just no benefit at all, to him or the Broncos for going down that road. None. I mean, and and Nathaniel Hackett is right. He did break the code. You don't do that. You know, and I I have a lot of respect for Sean Payton. And I've talked to Sean on a number of times. And I, I don't understand it. I mean, there's nothing to gain from making those type of comments at all. Nothing. It doesn't benefit Sean Payton. It doesn't benefit Russell Wilson. It doesn't benefit the Broncos. Nothing. Nothing. Everyone that watched the Broncos last year could see that Nathaniel Hackett did a horrible job. Everyone. That's not like a debate. Everyone saw that. That's why he got fired. But, you know, for Sean Payton to make the comments that he did and how he made the comments is just wrong. Yeah, I'm aware that Sean Payton came out and apologized, but at that point, the damage is done. You can't, it, it, you know, the apology. And here's the other deal. Nathaniel Hackett was asked if Payton had called him. He said no, and I don't expect him to. You know, Sean Payton said he was going to apologize to them. Well, what's he waiting for? He's not going to apologize. It's ridiculous. This show is sponsored by Better Help. stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around... additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com help, slash grant.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW for word prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All
1: right, let's get to John right here on Listen Up. Hey, John, how are
4: you? I'm doing all right, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Man, about uh, the Broncos, their whole team had a poor – I mean, granted, the coaching wasn't superior, but the whole team struggled. They struggled pass rushing. The quarterback play obviously was struggling. I mean, nobody's gonna say Hackett did, did a spectacular job, but that whole team struggled. So, you know, and we actually did talk about this, I think it was last Friday a little bit, that it was a little bit out of line and it was it was good that uh, Peyton apologized, but from what I saw, the whole team kind of struggled. And I don't know if that was all due to coaching.
1: Yeah, they just weren't very good, period. You're right, they just weren't very good. I mean, I don't know what else to say, and I don't think you're going to be very good this year.
4: I, I'm totally on board. I don't think they will be either. I mean, and look, in Seattle, a lot of times when they were good, that was Russ getting out of trouble with his legs, making them look better yeah. than they were. That's in my opinion, uh-huh. but I think my opinion isn't far from the truth, because Russell, he was, I mean, he's one heck of a scrambler, and uh, his vision, you know, granted, I know he's not 6'8", 6'5", but. His, his vision down the field or in the backfield, it was great. It was great. And he struggled last year. So, you know, that that's the whole thing, I think, with what
1: – Yeah, I don't think Russell Wilson was that good there. in his final year with Seattle. I'm with you. I mean, Russell Wilson was a dynamic, tremendous, yep. tremendous quarterback with the Seattle Seahawks for the majority of his career. But we didn't see that in the last year of Seattle. But we, that, we saw last year really – Maybe the worst quarterback in the NFL was, was Russell Wilson last year. I mean, that's how bad he was.
4: Well, I thank you for saying that. Seeing as how my quarterback's Dak Prescott.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well,
4: you know, again, that troubled. can,
1: that can wow you at times, but he then the but, but, but unfortunately it doesn't he last can wow you the other way. That's correct.
4: Yep. Yeah. I, I fully understand, man. Uh, yeah. That's pretty much what I, what I wanted to say about, uh, about Hackett and about Sean Payton. And I'm sure that, you know, he did apologize after he said it. I'm sure he heard it and said, man, I was, he must've thought, geez, I was, I was a bit out of line there. And maybe he was trying to protect his own quarterback a little, little this little of that, but it was out of line. And I, I think, you know, when he apologized, I think he meant it, but nobody sits here and says that he didn't mean what he said to begin with either. So, you know, it is what it is. And it is what it is. I think everybody should, is going to get over it eventually. But since there's, you know, not a lot to talk about right now, this is, you know, sports moratorium. Yep. That's what's going on. Just the same thing as somebody saying, Savonis isn't Is overrated or isn't a top, a top flight player or, or overrated. That blows me away. Cause if he does absolutely no. everything, he rebounds, he's a decent defender. He's not an Epic defender, but he's a good defender. He rebounds. He, scores he blocks shots his spacing is excellent i mean anybody who says something derogatory like he's overrated they got something against him or they're just trying to make no 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 no, no, not not, not, not not only not only
1: is he overrated he has him as the most overrated player in the league
4: yeah that see There's got to be something against him. He's got to just have something against him or something.
1: I would think so. That or the
4: only time they watched him play was in the playoffs. Yeah, maybe. Because he did, granted, he struggled. But it's not like he was terrible. He didn't have four points and two boards. But he struggled compared to his normal play. But, you know, he is not overrated. That guy freaking does everything. I'm totally on board. I'm just so glad that he was on board to sign and sign earlier than he had to and even let a little money stay on the table so he could, you know, sign barns and, yep. you know, so we could do the other things we did. It's, it's all looking up, buddy.
1: Thank you, John. Have a good one, bud. Take care.
4: Uh, you did same.
1: All right. If you want to get in on the program today, you raise your hand on this open form Wednesday and we can go in any direction you want tomorrow, seven o'clock Pacific. I will be on YouTube with Ryan and Sacktown. Not sure yet what I will be doing for uh Friday show, but we'll figure it out. Then next week, uh, Thursday, you can link them up on Instagram at uh, Mojo Sports. They'll be coming on with me. Ian Eagle, CBS, TNT, the TV voice of the Brooklyn Nets will be joining me. And we're going to set a time on Monday. And then once we... Come up with a time and a date. I'll pass it along. He's one of my favorites. I love Iron Eagle, and uh, he'll be joining me uh, before uh, too much longer. All right, want to get in on the show? You raise your hand, and we will do it. And we can talk about whatever you want. Been a very eventful week, obviously with the uh, story and the Sacramento Bee on me on Monday by uh, Marcos Bruton, which led me to my podcast that I released yesterday and I hope you had a chance to listen to the podcast. And I you know I hate to go off on a tangent here, but I just think our country is so messed up right now. And I just think social media is a big reason why. It's just on any topic anywhere, if you just spend 10 minutes looking at comments on social media, it just it leaves you shaking your head. I mean it really does. It's it's just awful. Let's get to Jerry. Jerry, how are you today?
6: I'm fine, Grant. How are you, sir? I'm good, buddy. Hey, Grant, I just want to tell you, Grant, uh, you know, first of all, thank you for taking my call, uh, but the podcast you had a couple mornings ago, Grant, when I listened to it about All all Lives Matter, every single one, Grant, I think that was one of your best podcasts that you've ever done, and it was so great.
1: Well, I'm going to share something with you. I went back, oh, late last night to listen to the podcast, and when I decided to do that podcast, I sat down in my chair, I turned my equipment on, and I started talking, and I had ideas in my head about what I wanted to say, but... I just made everything up as I went along. What I mean I made it up. I mean like I ad lived the whole thing. I I didn't really have anything written down. I don't really I but I just I just formulated it in my head as I was doing it. And then I got done with it and I'm like, "Man, I think that's pretty good." You know, I'm like eh, and I'm like that was damn. And, good. and then I and, and, and then good. I got and then I got some messages on different platforms about, wow, that was really good. Wow, that was great. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to go back and listen to that podcast. And when I listened to it, I said to myself, wow, that's a home run. And (laughs) so I appreciate you saying that. I don't normally talk about my work. I don't normally pat myself on the back because I just, I'm not that, but I, I agree with you. I thought it was one of my best podcasts that I've ever done.
6: Grant let me ask you this you said on that podcast that uh, not to brag but you said that uh, uh, the ratings were through the roof when you did your show uh, you, uh, you would get uh, a, a new contract even before your contract was even up and you said that you made more money than anybody there at the station is that including Correct. like Jason Ross and the guys that uh, are in charge of that show
1: not even close. Wow. Not, not even close. Oh Honestly, n- not not even close. I mean, I'm not I'm not even close, not even close. I generated more revenue for that radio station than any other person at the radio station. I and generated have, more revenue.
6: And Grant, is there any way to go back and check to see what how that station is doing now with the ratings? Um, how do we go? They're back doing terrible.
1: That? they they wow. they they're released all the time their wow. ratings are horrible wow but i will also defend uh, talk radio that when when the rating system went from diaries to meters talk radio suffered greatly so i've never really put a lot of faith in the radio ratings like some people do you know what i matter to me revenue how much money did my show generate for the station? I cared so much more about that than I did ratings. Now you would say, well, gee, isn't advertising tied in the ratings? Yes, to a degree. But in my situation, again, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you the way it is. I had advertisers want to sponsor my show without ever even looking at the numbers because they knew how many people listen to my show. They knew. And so I always had a lot of sponsors. And I also had a lot of people coming to me wanting me to endorse their product. And I turned down people all the time, by the way, because I wouldn't endorse a product if I didn't use it. So I once had a very lucrative deal on the table from Harley Davidson. And I told my account executive, I go, hey, I can't do it. He goes, what do you mean you can't do it? It's a ton of money. I go, I can't do it. I've never been on a motorcycle in my life. I go, I- I'm going to go on the air and talk about, you know, Harleys. And I I've never been on a bike in my life. I can't do it. I can't, I'm not going to go on the air and be a phony. And he was like, okay, I understand it. But so if, if somebody wanted to sponsor my show, I would do everything in my power to do business with that so right. even Roy's umbrella, you know, Roy did mm-hmm. home loans and I go, Roy, I go, you know, if I'm going to talk about your company, I need to use you. What can we do? And he looked at my loan and he looked about my rate and he goes, let's refinance your home. I can get you a better rate and I can do this and I can do that. I'm like, okay, let's do it. So I went through the process and I talked about going through the process on the air when I read the commercials, I said, Hey folks, I just want to let you know, you know, this is what I did and this is how much money I've saved. So I always believe that if you're going to have effective advertising, you need the host to use the product. So if I didn't like the product or if I didn't use the product, I would turn it down. You know, I, I didn't just take, uh, sponsorships because it was money in my pocket. No, I took sponsorships in products that I used. And I like, there was one exception. One exception was Mr. Motorhome. I didn't have a motorhome. I didn't, I couldn't afford a motorhome. And I did his advertising only because I knew him for 30 years. And I knew what he did. And I had friends that had done business with him. And I knew he was reputable. And that's the only exception. Okay, I did his advertising, even though I did not have a RV or a motorhome, that, that's it. But I knew him and I knew his business and I had friends that had bought from him. That's the only exception that I can think of where I did a sponsorship on the air. But I'm not bragging when I say that. Everyone knows that I generated the most money for the radio station. Carmichael Dave knows that. I mean, Carmichael Dave now is the biggest generator of revenue, but he'll he'll come on and tell you, <laughs> I generated more revenue than he did. And he knows that, you know, he and I moved that station. You know, I mean, I'm not bragging. Carmichael, Dave, and I ran the entire radio station. What I mean, we ran it. I mean, we ran it because we had the most listeners and we generated the most revenue for the station. But I was number one. He knows I was number one. And everyone at the station knew I was number one. That just that that, that's not me bragging. That's just a fact.
6: Grant, let me ask you this, Grant. Uh, You know what? Uh, Sometimes like you are saying that you're not going to do your show a certain day or certain days. Uh, So I go on to that station. All right. Just try to get my sports fix because I'm a sports fan. I'm a sports fanatic and I want to listen to sports. But these people that are on there now, Grant, and you know, I'm not trying to talk down to anybody, Grant, because I don't do that. But you know sometimes they get the people that do the news and you know all this stuff they have them sitting in the co-host co host chair, right doing the show and it's just like grant, I mean, it's just really, really terrible. I mean you know
1: like, I, I can't I, I, I can't comment on it. I haven't turned on the radio station since I left. I have not listened to one second of any programming on that radio station, so I can't comment I don't even know who's on their day parts anymore. The only person I know, that's on the radio is Carmichael Dave. I don't know of anyone else that's on the air. I, I couldn't even tell you who's on the air. I have absolutely no idea who's on at any point in time. And I don't care. I, but I, I really, I have no interest, but I've never listened to that station since I left. Not one time.
6: Well, then Grant, you were saying that the rainers have been her- uh, just terrible. You know They're what? published. They're probably, I
1: see probably them all the done. time on social media.
6: Probably no one else knows who's on the air either, Grant. But Grant, listen, I wanted to ask you one more thing. You said that uh, that when you would uh, do that show and they would, uh, you know what? Did you feel that uh, that anything that Grant Napier said was going to be law, or were you more? Uh, you know, Grant, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Um, uh, that they, you knew what you gave to that company. They, you know, what do you think Bonneville should have waited at least? A week okay, even you know, even Grant, even suspend you for I don't know what, but if they just would have waited and not felt pressured, do you think things would have came out differently for you? Of course. Everybody knows it would have come out differently. Every day they panicked,
1: everyone knows that. And that's why I'm I have a lawsuit. I was, in my opinion, uh, you know, I I was paid to give my opinions. That's what they paid me for, right? They 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 paid me to Be that guy. They used to run promos on me. They didn't run promos when I had Charles Barkley on the air or Aaron Rodgers (laughs) or anyone else. They didn't run promos like Grant Napier. He has everyone on the air. This is You know, Aaron Rodgers talking to me. No, they never ran a promo like that. They only ran promos of me yelling at people. That's how they promoted me. They promoted me for my opinions, for being crass. That's how they promoted me. And then I make a comment on social media and now that's not good. Oh, wait a minute. Grant. No, you know, I mean, oh, look at us, you know, Grant. Grant's the uh, we're using him as the sacrificial lamb here for the guy that we've been paying for years
6: to right. be opinionated. Now, all of a sudden, what, you know, so. And, Grant, and, and so like, you would, and so, like you said in in your podcast, that people would be like, "Oh, Grant's mean. Grant's hangs up on people. He says you're a moron. You're this. You're, you're that." So obviously, if those people would just listen to your show, because sometimes you did have idiot callers calling your show, Grant, I would call them idiot morons too. I mean, I don't understand.
1: How would they know that? How would they know all of those things, Jerry, if they weren't exactly. listening to my show? E- exactly, Grant. Right. I, you know, Jerry, I had I, again. This is not bragging because it's a fact. I was on the same station in the same time slot for 26 years. There are not a lot of people in this profession that can make that claim. Okay. And not only that, on May 1st, okay, May 1st of May 1st, 33 days before I was fired, they wanted to open up negotiations on a new contract. I received an email that I still have from the company stating that the window to negotiate a new deal was open and they wanted to move forward in doing that. Okay? So, you know, it's not like they were planning on getting rid of me. No, they wanted to negotiate a new contract with me.
6: Grant, you know, since it's Open for Wednesday, Grant, and, you know, if this is personal, please just tell me, Jerry, mind your own business. But, Grant, could I ask you, uh, were you paid six figures every year doing that show?
1: Yes, I was.
6: Wow. You, know, you are you are a lucky man, my friend. I have one more thing, Grant. Uh, all lives matter every single one. You take care of yourself, my friend.
1: Thank you, bud. Bye-bye now. Appreciate you. I I had a lot of fun doing that show, and I had a lot of fun talking to people like Jerry and so many others that are on this stream right now. I mean, I loved it. It was my life every day. I look forward to going on the air. Well, I, I take that back. There were days I didn't look forward to going on. I'll take that back. You know, when things were really bad with the team, I, I, I didn't like going on. I, I it, it was painful at times. I mean, it really was, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you why that is. And I share this on the radio at times. Okay. When you're a talk show host in a town, especially like Sacramento, and when things are continually going bad year after year after year, okay, the fans very often use me as their punching bag. Because they couldn't use they couldn't call in and yell at the general manager or the coach or the president or the owner. So they would use me as their sounding board. And at times I had fans that made it personal with me as if it were my fault that the, that the Kings traded this player or that player, that it was my fault. And I used to say, listen, I, I, I hate to disappoint you, but I have nothing to do with who the Kings draft, who they trade. Uh, you know, I said, you know, Jeff Petrie or Pete D'Alessandro or Vladi Dibats never once called me up and go, Grant, what do you think? You think we should make this trade? I mean, yet fans would yell at me, you know, and make it seem like it was my fault that DeMarcus Cousins was being suspended all the time, that it was my fault that he was cursing at fans all the time, that it was my fault that he cursed out every coach that he played for. All of a sudden, that's like, my fault. It's my fault when the Kings traded him. That's right. People blamed me when they traded him. I'm like, hey, I got nothing to do with it. I have nothing to do with the Kings trading him. So that's part of the deal when you're on for as long as I was on. Period. You know, If you listen to Mike and the Mad Dog in New York who had an amazing run on WFAN in New York, they hung up on callers all the time. They yelled at callers all the time. All the time. Same deal. You ever listen to the, you know, big market radios like WEEI in Boston or WIIP in Philly? They yell at their callers all the time. They hang up on their callers all the time. Okay? Boomer Esiason, you know, calls out his callers all the time. That's the style of radio on the East coast may not be for everybody, but that's, that's what I grew up on. I'm opinionated. Okay. You, you understand that the talk show hosts and I won't name them because I'm, I have respect for them. So I'm going to leave their names out. Just look at the individuals on KHDK; that They get bounced around all the time on different day parts as a second guy, or a third guy that are there because they are valuable to the station because they do other things. And the reason why they keep on getting bounced around is they're vanilla. They don't draw any interest because they don't ever have an opinion. You know, they don't ever take a stand on anything. You know, if you're gonna make it in this business, you gotta have an opinion and you gotta back it up. And you're not always gonna be right, but it better be based on an informed opinion. You better know what the hell you're talking about. Now, you're not always going to be right. You're going to sometimes have opinions that are wrong, right? I was wrong on Marvin Bagley. I thought the guy was going to be an all-star. Well, you know, he wasn't. I was wrong. But that's what I thought. You know, at least I had an opinion on it based on how I watched him practice and the people that I spoke to that evaluated him. You know, I remember sitting, I went to watch Marvin Bagley play at Duke. I was at Cameron Indoor Stadium sitting next to the scout for the Sacramento Kings who had watched Marvin Bagley play almost every game, okay, and a lot of the other teams in the ACC. I sat next to him during the game, okay, And I didn't watch a lot of college basketball because I'm doing 82 games a year in the NBA and I'm sitting next to this individual telling me about Marvin Bagley telling me, watch this, watch that, watch what he does here. Watch what he does here. All right. And then he said to me, he goes, now watch this move. He goes, you see what he did? He goes, okay. He's going to be really, really dominant in the NBA with that move, but he's going to have to learn how to make that move with the other hand. He goes, because in the NBA, you know, you, you've you got to be able to do more than just one thing with one hand. you got to be able to do that with both. He goes, but he goes, but that will not be stopped in the NBA once he learns how to do that with both hands. You know, he was telling me things like that. Okay. There there were a lot of people that thought Marvin Bagley was going to be great. I'll tell you right now, had that draft been held all over again and Luka went number one, okay, Marvin Bagley would have been no worse than fourth in that draft. At the worst, okay? Again, if the Phoenix Suns had taken Luka number one and the Kings, for whatever reason, had taken DeAndre Ayton second, I'm just throwing it what ifs, Marvin Bagley would have been no worse than fourth. No worse than fourth. No doubt about it. No question. So, you know, again, listen, if that draft were held all over again, Luka would go one, right? And I don't even know who would go two, but Luka would go one. That's for sure. And if the draft were held all over again, and DeAndre Ayton went one, and Marvin Bagley went two, there's not any way in the world. Excuse me. Let me back up. If the draft were held all over again, and it's right, Ayton went one, Bagley went two, there's not a chance in a million that the Atlanta Hawks would have made a trade with the Dallas Mavericks and had Trey Young on their team, okay? Never. They would have Luka Doncic, period. And I I know what Trey Young's been, and I know that they went to the Eastern Conference Finals one year, and I get all of that. But there is no way that the Atlanta Hawks would not have taken Luka. Not a chance. Zero. So, you know, you can always go back and look at drafts. And a lot of people are wrong. I was wrong on that one. You know? I was wrong on that one. I'm still not convinced that Luka's ever going to win a championship. I think he's a very difficult player to play with. That's what I'm hearing. And that's what I'm seeing. You know, he's unbelievably talented, but I don't know it's going to take a very special team around him, okay, to win a championship in my opinion. All right, don't forget tomorrow, Ryan and Sacktown and I will be on YouTube and that will be coming your way at 7 o'clock. Always enjoy the Open Forum Wednesday. I appreciate all of your calls. Have a good evening, everybody. And I look forward to chatting with you tomorrow. Take care now. Bye-bye.
2: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.